great Canadian talk show. Well, here's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way! Yes way! And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Welcome to the Great Canadian Talk Show Podcast. I'm Marty Gould. I'm joined by Spirited Kenny as always. How you doing, Kenny? Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whatever the case may be, how are you doing today, Marty? Whatever the case may be, good evening, <laughs> good morning. Uh, well, uh, how am I doing? I'm better than I was along with about 30% of Canadians, it appears, uh, because I've almost got <laughs> functionality on my cell phone. Uh, maybe we can talk about that uh, when we're done with the civic election stuff, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenny, are you a, you're not a Rogers customer, are you? No, I, I am a Bell MTS person, and I I hate them, but, I mean, I Rogers, I have, I heard I have my problem internet, with Rogers. I heard that MTS's internet was down for, like, days on end lately. Was that just in a particular neighborhood, I guess? Not me, Did, no. Didn't affect you? Okay. <clears throat> Else yeah, my I, data bills are going to be huge this month, and that could be a problem, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I guess the prime minister didn't manage to bring your bills down uh, quite as much as he claims. No, uh, I, I didn't see how, it yet. I wonder how that happened. Hey, the reason why I'm doing wait, this. Wait, let me rephrase is, that. I wonder how that didn't happen. Wait, it's because he didn't do anything. Oh, well, that too. Um, he looks good though. He's the best looking. Did you Leader. see what the cowboy had at the Stampede flipping pancakes? Oh, I love, I love, I love when he's flipping stuff. <laughs> you love when the prime minister is flipping stuff. <laughs> you know, Man. if we we're on radio, if we we're on radio, I couldn't make the following joke, but since we aren't on radio, I can. I guess you like it when he's tossing salad. Oh my word! Oops. I don't, I don't even know what that means, Marty. Explain. Well, it. maybe I could have said it on radio, but I didn't, and you now I've said I, it here. I have the, uh, the odd sense of humor. Jeez, Louise. It just seemed like an easy line. Um, <laughs> uh, our focus uh, here – oh, well, let me back up for a second. I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to uh, read uh, my initial column posted at wham.live under the City Circus tab. I know they're working diligently. There's been some technical snafu, but they're working diligently to upload uh, a new column. Uh, that we'll be actually be discussing the subject, same subject here on the podcast, uh, and uh, I, I as well uh, the these podcasts are going to be posted on Wham.Live under the City Circus uh, tab. And Kenny, I know you've got you got some email earlier today about some of the technical stuff, the backend yep, yep. stuff that you're going to work on. Yep. Okay, so I want to thank everybody, in particular the reaction to our interview with Aaron McDowell, the oh. declared candidate, one of the declared candidates in Minarski Ward, and and I want to say this. Oh, Thank you. That interview where we spent 25 minutes talking about the issues, that is the best illustration of why of why you should support independent media such as ours and why we need your support. Uh, look, as I said many times on Kick FM, different media, a newsroom will take will take different approaches. Uh, some are honest approaches on honest angles to a story. Some are. Um, less honest, very agenda driven. I mean, CBC puts everything through some sort of a lens nowadays uh, instead of uh, of reporting, um, you know, different angles on a story or different points of view about a public issue. Marianne Cloak, I learned from a, a podcast uh, this week that Marianne Cloak quit CBC over their COVID coverage and the hmm. pressure they put reporters on to not report on vax injuries and such things. Uh, and I know Marianne going back to, I hate to admit this, uh, 1989 at MTN uh, when she was one of the, uh, when I, she was one of the reporters there actually, as, as was I, that was before she went to, I think that was before she went to CBC. Pretty sure she was at MTN as well when I first met her. Um, Did she uh, ever date Beeve or Buckley? No, nobody. <laughs> Beeve and Buckley dated each other, I think, is how that worked. Uh, anyways. Uh, well, I also I want to bring up one thing about that interview. And yeah, it go goes ahead. to show you the flexibility of what we're doing with this podcast, right? It, you came up, you had an opportunity to eat, eat or uh, you had an opportunity to do an interview with someone way before we were going to even do uh, a show. Anything and like it just it, came out right. early. And, so, I mean, and when you look at and when you look at the story that 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 uh, interview that I did, it wasn't a story, it's an interview. And you look at that and you read it, and I encourage you to to by all means, I encourage you to to 
like review the content, you know, the, 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 the write-up, the rundown that I gave of that episode, and you compare it to, and I'm just picking one example of many, uh, the CTV story the following day about Minarski Ward that focused entirely on two words I made a point of not mentioning in my interview with Aaron McDowell, Ross Eady, and Ross's various grievances with regards to Aaron having worked with him for a number of years, blah, blah, blah. Now he's running against him. That is the CTV story, not only entirely focused on it, but they did not have an interview with Aaron so that he could respond directly in the televised story to the comments that were being made by Councillor Eady, who he's trying to unseat. Uh, and they inserted some content into the um, the online story, the web story, but it was not reflected in the broadcast story. These are the subtle ways in which stories are, uh, you know, manipulated, manipulated a little strong. Well, I, but it's a, it's a bit of a strong word in that I don't know that it's, you know, what was deliberate was to run a story without Aaron McDowell involved. Right. Is it manipulating the story to make it seem like they got his side of the story in a way? But ultimately, many more people, believe me, many more people saw the telecast of the, the uh, of that, you know, two minute and 15 second story about Minarski Ward then would have read about it online, uh, you know, read, you know, read the copy, the so to speak, the story. Right. copy. So, uh, you know, I and I that's fine to me. The issue for Minarski Ward is what did what did Aaron say? Why he's running? My neighborhood is burning. Nobody's doing anything about it. You didn't see that reflected in the CTV story explaining why he's running whatsoever. No. So. Mainstream media, you know, they're they, everybody goes for hits one way or the other. Some are government subsidized one way or the other. And then there's us asking you for your support, whether it's via PayPal. You'll see the link at the bottom of the episode description. Uh, whether you email me, MartyGoldLive at gmail.com. We want to find a sponsor for these podcasts. Uh, I'd like to find a sponsor for, for them by the month. We'd like to find a sponsor for the City Circus Telecast, which we are still working towards uh, getting started. Uh, and uh, sponsors, sponsors for the columns advertising. We want your support, and we're not going to get it from from any government program. <laughs> and nobody here has rich parents. Nobody here is uh, is is uh, is in a position to you know sustain this. But this is vital, as you'll hear in this podcast about Police Chief Danny Smythe, uh, as well as other subjects. This is vital to the health of of our electoral process. To have intelligent, long-form conversations that are not being provided by CGOB, that are not being provided by CBC, that are not being provided by the Free Press or the Sun or Global or City TV or any of the rest of them. Well, especially not Global. Now, to the matter at hand. Is it okay if we swing to the matter at hand then, Kenny? Yes, sir. Uh, Danny Smythe, our esteemed police chief, was going to keep his yap shut despite the outcry of recent horrific violence, particularly around the area of the Forks, until the police union, and specifically President Mosabrin, he uh, kept the pressure on, kept the heat on, uh, because, uh, as was put in a story by, of all people, CHVN, <laughs> and their hmm. newsroom, of all people, Mosabrin says attacks on innocent people appear to be more common. Now, there's a phrase that anybody with a half a brain can understand. Attacks on innocent people yeah. are becoming more common. And he pointed to incidents, including the one on Canada Day, when to, where two uh, Ukrainian refugees were attacked at the Forks. Uh, also mentioned the incident a couple of days previous when three adults had been attacked to stabbed and a female victim beaten up for trying to defend her uh, cohorts. Uh, and uh, and then on uh, there's the other incident with the father and the daughter. One of them unknown still is was a visitor and they got jacked and she got her phone smashed and she got beat up for trying to call the cops. So the union made a point of this, and lo and behold, at the end of the CHVN story, Smythe has called a news conference for this afternoon to address the problem. So Danny Smythe, who I guess thought he was going to spend the day at the beach. I don't know what he thought he was going to be doing on Friday. Here's how Global TV, Brittany Greenslade reported, but here's how Global uh, tweeted uh, a link to their coverage. Winnipeg's police chief says the violent crime that has recently taken place at the Forks and across the city is nothing new. Danny Smith is confident his officers on the front lines are making a difference. So here's a guy who managed to enact absolutely no arrests at the legislature 
last year after statues were toppled and police were spit on and assaulted. And now he's telling us violent crime isn't new. Well, it's not like he engaged in anything resembling deterrence from that incident, did he? So the police helicopter didn't stop people from stabbing each other at the forks? I thought for sure it would no, and and various pundits have chimed in on this, including Melissa Martin and other people who made so various people have made interesting points. Some points have been good, uh, but uh, again, uh, as the media coverage reflects, uh, the series of attacks is alarming, but it's nothing new. Uh, and so, uh, Danny Smythe, uh, in the column that I've uh, written, that's uh, going to be posted somewhat concurrent to this, uh, Smythe approached this. And I listened to part of the press conference with a smugness, with a a a a, a dismissive attitude that is unacceptable in a public official. Uh, they intend to beef up the patrols, although then when you actually read the details or listen to the details, they don't have any patrols in the forks to start with, right? That they go that because it's a private private holding, private land burned by a corporation. So at the press conference, which I listened to on CGOB, which I'm also going to mention a problem with in a second, typically 40 to 60 calls uh, were uh, put out for uh, service calls of the forks. That's what Smythe said, 40 to 60 calls a year, and they're on pace for about the same. In terms of uh, aggravated assaults, he says, we're not that far off. So you see that just by this attitude, Danny Smythe accepts there's a certain level of crime that he doesn't want to address how to reduce it. And he doesn't really want to address how to manage it. Okay, he's going to take the patrols from the shed. And I I think the I think downtown, but he specifically mentioned the shed. And they're going to add running through the forks to their to their uh, agenda, to the to their itinerary. Okay. Um. And he goes through some statistics, 1,199 incidents with a knife in 2021, 470 with a gun. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, this isn't new what's going on at the Forks. But and it's when alarming. He, also, he said it's alarming. He said it's alarming, but it's not new. When's, how long has it been alarming for? You respond when there's an alarm. You, well, you, you used to. I'm... And Now, what he also said was, and here's a quote, it's no less significant or more significant than the stabbings that occurred down stabbing that occurs downtown or another part of the city. Now let's stop right there. You've got Danny Smythe, the police chief saying that if somebody gets stabbed, let's say uh, I'll give you an example, ruffians, as I put in my column, actually ruffians who frequent main street bars, there's an altercation of stabbing to him. That's just as concerning to hit to Chief Smythe, that's just as significant as a stabbing of Ukrainian refugees at the Forks, the stabbing of a of a of a, a father with his daughter, and the daughter gets assaulted, calling the cops. That's like this an answer a, a robot would give. Ah, all the stabbings are significant. They're you know? all significant, and none are more significant than others. They're all the so, same. They're all the same to Danny Smythe, and you know why? Because Danny Smythe said. He feels safe at the Forks. <laughs> no, Danny Smythe said he, <laughs> he should. Now, I, this is where I go back to the C, to CGOB. I went to the audio vault, handy, refer, handy reference tool, and and I I forgot. I, as we record this, I'm going to be sending an email to somebody. It'll be. Uh, I hope I remember. The audio for the one o'clock to two o'clock hour on Friday, on July the 8th, when this uh, press conference was held, they picked up on it like 30 seconds before the hour when it started. It only runs 14 minutes and 33 seconds. The whole hour, the entire hour, broadcast hour, is not there. So I can only hear part of the press conference. I know that it's only part because there's other quotes uh, from Smythe in other media reports that were not on the audio available on CJOB. Hmm. So I heard what I heard, and then I read what I read. And in the... In the overall makeup of it, what we have is very simply this. Danny Smythe has a gun. Danny Smythe is a trained cop. Yeah. Danny Smythe isn't scared when he goes to the forks. He shouldn't be. 
I like out of all the people in Winnipeg, he shouldn't be afraid to go to the works. Now, at least for his part, Councillor Chambers, uh, Marcus Chambers is chair of the police board. He admitted that he can he said he's not afraid. Well, you know, let's go. Yeah, as I explained in the column, Marcus Chambers, um, he's an imposing physical character. He's not the first person some gang is going to target necessarily. Right. Maybe if he drives like a Rolls Royce or something, they see him piling in. They figure they want to steal a Rolls. But short of something like that, they are going to go pick on on a guy like Marcus Chambers. Nope. Nope. Nope, they aren't. No, nope. but Chambers admits that that people um, are are concerned, and they have a right to be concerned. He said, "quote from the Free Press: the public's concern following the attacks of the Forks wasn't an overreaction." As he acknowledged, some people feel less safe. Kenny, can we drop in here the audio? Uh, yeah. The the audio of uh, here's uh, Chief Smythe. Uh, a little experiment here. We're going to try to do an audio drop. Chief Smythe answering a question from, I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name of the reporter, a uh, female reporter who asked the question of the chief. Now, to your point on the Ukrainian uh, refugee that was stabbed, that investigation is still ongoing. But, uh, you know, there's been a few other reports. Those ones were resolved and resolved, like, within hours of the event. Chief, can you say a bit more about how, what people might yeah, no, that's fair. Um, you know, one of the things that we'll intend there, uh, we have foot patrols that have largely been concentrated in the transit corridors and, and the shed area. We'll ask them to swing by the forks as part of their uh, beat duties. And we also intend on assigning a full-time foot patrol presence there on weekends, at least in the short term, until we can work more closely with the officials at the Forks to, you know, really assess uh, what their needs are and, and what's going on there. You, you mentioned sort of the attention that's happened in the last week and that the reporting maybe wraps it up. Do you believe that there's been a bit of an overreaction here? I think, you know, it quickly transitioned from, you know, a, a very remarkable and a very tragic thing that happened to to that refugee, and it became about sort of general violence in the city. But then there was a demand, and I mean a demand, by by many of you out here that, that wanted people to stand up and talk about things that we have been talking about regularly for years, and 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 just as early as June at the public board meeting. This is not new. Uh, none of this is new. Um, but it became a very more of a priority for the media this week. So now you've heard what Smythe said. He's blaming the media. Well, if I didn't open it, I'd swear Danny Smythe was a politician. <coughs> because only weasels blame the media when violent crime has a spotlight put on it. And thankfully, you know, Danny Smythe's done everybody a favor. He's made this an election issue. Because you have a police chief who not only doesn't have a grasp on crime, he has not had a grasp on crime for years. And when you look at the, the column, and Kenny, I know you've seen advanced peak of the column, yeah. crime in St. Boniface went up property crime 92.9% from 2014 to 2018. Smythe was deputy chief, took over as chief in 20, I think it's 2016, November 2016. We know that from 2018 to today, crime in St. Boniface has not gone down. No. So what's property crime up? 140%? That's crazy. And here's that's the guy a, saying, that's well, a crazy the, number. The community has to do their part. I know our officers are working hard. You know what he doesn't talk about? The failure of, of uh, what used Whoa. to be crime stat. The failure to deploy his officers effectively, the failure to to enforce the law. He doesn't even take the time, and he should because he's a police chief, to blame the courts for letting out some of these people so that we have a problem with recidivism. No. The police, the police for the longest time have told citizens not to get involved when crime is happening, and now they're saying we need to get involved? I, I don't know what he thinks. We need the community to help. Well, I don't know what more help we're supposed to be. When the officers are run ragged, they're working with no contract. Danny Smythe is lobbying for a new contract. And he, uh, uh, you know, another thing I want to mention, 
that Hal Anderson and his Winnipeg Sun call him. He listened to that press conference who's, uh, and Hal was uh, highly unimpressed. Mayor Bowman, who took a week, almost a week to comment on, uh, he's talking about the stabbing at the forks of the Ukrainian refugee, said he hadn't been briefed by police. Maybe he should have asked. He so doesn't got a care. mayor that is gonna, doesn't want to ask. A chief that's lobbying to get a contract extension a year ahead of time before a new council is elected. Don Woodstock, of all people, Don Woodstock did not God, fall for this. Don Woodstock uh, running for mayor, and he's, I don't want to say perennial candidate, he's, he's bordering on it. Uh, he is the owner of a security company. I was, uh, Don, I know mostly as a liberal party activist and environmentalist. Yeah. I didn't realize he was in the security, he was in the security business. Here's oh. what Don wrote. Running for mayor, he put this on his election website. Seeing the chief of police address the crime situation in Winnipeg is both alarming and disturbing on many levels. He is not being honest with our crime situation. Ooh. Our chief was merely spinning a story because of his political appointment. Hmm. Don nice. Woodstock says that his security business has seen a 50% increase in calls and emails requesting quotes for security solutions. We have a problem, and it's major, he says, he wrote, despite what the chief is reporting, we are on the streets speaking with the public, and people are extremely nervous. But Danny Smythe isn't nervous. How does that make any sense? Don Woodstock says the public are nervous, and we know the public are nervous. And yet, Don Woodstock in the security business, he's calling the chief's bluff, and good for Don. And that's included in the uh, the column I wrote, which I guess now is the time to tell people the name of the column. Police Chief Danny Smythe feels safe at the Forks. Punchline. Does he take his gun? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need to. He has probably has four backup people all with their guns. Listen, I, I, it's it's great that he feels safe, but if you phone 911 and Danny Smythe phones 911, who's getting four cop cars faster, Kenny? Yeah. Yeah. So this and is not now, the regular cop cars. He's going to get that armored vehicle showing up too. Oh, sure. Yeah, the tank. Sure. Yeah. So now Danny Smythe has put himself in the crosshairs, in my opinion. Every mayoral candidate is going to need to account for their position. And I wrote in July of 2019 when there had been, a again, a number of incidents. And this was, yeah, I think July 24, 2019. Danny Smythe offered crime victims last week. There had been a number of incidents. No leadership, no accountability, no, just a warning. Things will get worse. So he's been sitting back, letting it get worse for the last three years. That's your chief of police. Failed leadership must carry consequences. And as the Blackrod wrote in 2019, the reason for Smythe's failure is obvious to everyone. He's never wanted to be a crime fighter. He wants to be a social worker. And therefore, I have declared Danny Smythe, when it comes to public safety, public enemy number one. But he's a robot. Everything's the same. To him, it is equal. To him, it is. Now, granted, you know, when you have political ambition, when you want to make sure that, you know, that that uh, you're friends with all the right politicians in the right places, as Danny Smythe clearly is, then uh, you don't want to take a stand. And he certainly doesn't want to take a stand on behalf of the taxpayers that are paying his goddamn salary. So we are going to be making sure to ask all the mayoral candidates about this. We are going to provide them with the information about the failure of crime stat and that uh, one way or the other, Smythe knew about that. The replacement he's put in for crime stat called Crime Map, obviously a failure because crime rates are going up, not down. Now, Don Woodstock has a few solutions that he puts out in this uh, in this uh, posting on his website that um, I don't think are in any way practical, but... Don Woodstock, at least, is trying to think outside of the box. He's trying to come up with ideas. He's trying to come up with solutions. And that is something that is to be lauded. That's what we want from candidates. Aaron McDowell had lots of ideas last week in his run for Minarski in our interview, didn't he? Yep. To, how to deal with arsons, how to deal with disorder. The biggest issue of Minarski. As he said, um, is essentially the 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 public disorder, the crime 
the, uh, the 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 fires and arsons that are being caused by uh, by garb not garbage not being picked up, etc. Derrick buildings, etc., etc. Don Woodstock has an idea now. To be fair, not every candidate would have. I got to go back to this for one second. Not only was the CGOB audio incomplete, I looked at the city's YouTube. Now, something happens Friday afternoon. I don't expect to be loaded before they screw off for the weekend. I get that. It doesn't appear that the city's YouTube account has any of the police press conferences. Oh, wow. So I have written a city councilor asking where this video is posted by the city, if at all. If the city councilors get this on uh, audio or video, whatever. And if not, if the city councilors get a transcript and if I can get a, a copy of the transcript. Now, I, as I said, I know that uh, what was on the audio on OB, what was available on the audio, uh, did not encompass the entirety of Smythe's remarks because in uh, one of the media reports, and you'll forgive me if I'm not positive which one it was, but I think it was uh, the, the uh, uh, free press report, uh, there was an acknowledgement uh, by uh, uh, the police chief. Uh, here's the, the paraphrase quote. While a lot of people are walking around with weapons such as knives, machetes, or axes, police can't plan for stabbings and random confrontations to turn violent. But maybe the police can plan to take people with machetes and axes off the goddamn streets. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. Smythe walks right past this idea. He walks right past it. Why would he not go to the provincial legislature, to Broadway? Why would he not ask his good friends in the official opposition, in the NDP, to ask the provincial government to bring forward legislation to deal with machetes and axes? People are allowed to carry knives. Okay, are people allowed to carry machetes? I don't think so. Is anybody other than a lumberjack allowed to carry an axe? A hatchet? No. All you people out there, this is your police chief, and he's saying, eh, well, it is what it is, and and the media has to do their part. The media has to do their part. The community has to do their part. What's your part? Bleed less? Well, let us know what we should do in the community. Don't just say their part. Like, what does that mean? What does that entail? I, I got, I didn't find anything. I was hoping to hear from the press conference, but again, the, the, the audio was truncated, and so I don't know if he, if the uh, reporters in attendance pressed him. We will continue to do our part, he said. We need the community to look out for each other as well and be a good partner with us so we can address these things. He said the media needs to do their part. He's blaming the media for the people being outraged. Mothers and that that fathers and daughters, that young people in their twenties and thirties, that Ukrainian refugees are being listen, that assault on Canada Day of that of those two Ukrainians, that was attempted murder, unprovoked bear spraying, and then stabbing somebody in the neck with the knife embedded in them as they sought help on the yeah. street, luckily bumping into somebody who was fluent in Ukrainian, that's attempted murder. And Danny Smythe did not identify that incident as an attempted murder. He did not talk about the suspects. He did not provide a description of the suspects. He doesn't care if they're caught. Because he's safe, Marty. He feels fine he feels anywhere in Winnipeg. So let's take a look quick, quickly, quickly, uh, since uh, uh, we will be carrying on with this and we know about mayoral candidates. Now, I don't expect the mayoral candidates on Friday afternoon uh, – and going into this weekend, and especially with the phone outage, I don't have high expectations for people to be up to date on things, uh, to know what went on, to know what was said. And even if they went to the audio vault, they can't find out everything that was said anyways. And believe me, it's not easy to look at all the different stories and try to find the minimal differences in reporting to try to reconstruct the press conference more completely. So let's look at some of the mayoral candidates here. Uh, Rana Bakari, for instance. Uh, thanks, Mayor Bowman, for his uh, uh, greetings to the Muslim community for their uh, holiday. Uh, Holy Day, I think, is more appropriate than holiday uh, in terms of explaining it. Uh, July 8th, so that's Friday. Mm-hmm. She put out a brief video pledging more accountability, transparency, and penalties for those who violate the city's ethics. Hmm. Okay. It's, well, that's something. The video itself we can 
talk about another time. Scott Gillingham, I'll type him in a Twitter right now. Let's see what Scott has. Uh, Scott, Scott Gillingham for mayor is technically his Twitter account. Oh, no way. Yeah, Scott Gillingham for mayor. Uh, oh, this was a minute ago as we taped this. Cities are making progress with fast construction of modular homes to help people at risk get off the streets safely. So he wants to look at uh, at furthering the commitments he made on modular housing projects that he supported at, at council. Uh, and uh, pre-zoned land. He, his idea is pre-zoned land to uh, to put these places up. I'm just scanning through nothing about public safety. He took a transit bus and got roasted for it. <laughs> got roasted in the comments like nobody's business. He did have a town hall that I was unaware of that appears to have been, I see a snowball microphone in front of what looks to be Jeff Courier. Yes, Jeff Courier was hosting. Oh, my word. Hosted a town hall with Gillingham on July 5th that he said 5,000 people joined the town hall to talk about issues like transit, safety, the environment, and cleaning up our streets. Like, so Gillingham at least online or pardon me was it like online like streaming. Or I like there I or? I'm guessing it was uh, maybe I don't know. There's no Twitter there's spaces. A snowball mic, but I don't see a camera. I don't know what the hmm. oh through my telephone town hall it was. I don't know what the particulars were. That's interesting. Interesting. It sure is. I'll just to check. We we've gotten a comment from Don Woodstock. Uh. Robert Falconulet, who's run a very quiet uh, campaign so far. Uh, Dr. Robbie O. Uh, his tweets lately about uh, transit transit funding. Uh, an interview he did with the University of I don't know if it's University of Winnipeg. It's called U Multicultural. I'm not quite sure who runs the platform. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was University of Winnipeg, but I, I stand to be corrected, and I don't want to uh, misattribute it. Uh, and uh, going back to Junta, yeah, he's got almost no almost no activity on Twitter to speak of. Now, uh, I'm, I don't need to look at Twitter to find out, to find out what uh, Glenn Murray had to say because he was actually quoted in a Melissa Martin column in the free press uh, about what he said on Twitter. He wrote, we need eyes on the street and in and around the forks uh, proposing beefing up community policing and putting beat cops in the area. So uh, Murray is uh, walking in lockstep or maybe Danny Smythe is walking in lockstep with Glenn Murray. Melissa Martin, not crazy about that route saying boosting police presence would be a divisive message about who the forks is perceived to be for. Let me take another run at that. The presence of police, wrote Melissa Martin, would make some feel safer, but it would have, but it does not have that effect on people who, due to race or class, are most impacted by over-policing. In that way, police boosting police presence would send a more divisive message about who the Forks is perceived to be for. Melissa Martin, do you mean the Forks is perceived to be for people who respect the law and who observe public safety? Like, what kind of a statement is that? Because even minorities want to be safe there. Ukrainian refugees are themselves a minority. They get stabbed. You could be darn sure, you could be darn sure that somebody else who's been stabbed or murdered around the forks the last while. Kenny, this this other point I want to make. Uh, Rick Schoen, just to mention Rick Schoen, for instance, Kenny from Air, he's, he's got some interesting ideas about how zoning is making cities less walkable and livable. Well, I'm still uh, walk in Winnipeg. It's so gross. It looks Rick, ugly. It's minus 40. On July 4th, Rick Schoen said Friday's attack to his Twitter was embarrassing and really disgusting. If elected, he would like to work with the province community agency on a strategy to free up officers from having to respond to less urgent or nonviolent calls. Well, at least he's got an idea of something. Uh, no comment yet from Jenny Motkaluk's uh, camp. I know that they were busy with a. Uh, uh, family memorial service this weekend so the she was somewhat out of circulation understandably so uh i want to uh, uh circle back to uh to what we were uh what we were saying um a minute ago um city council candidates and mayoral candidates a lot of them did not want to talk about public safety they did not want to talk about crime. This is now I did. 
other people did, but they were trying to avoid it like the plague. We now see that, the, you know, like, oh, they're all being dragged to, in, into the conversation. The chief has put himself in the middle of the conver, of that conversation. Um, we are not going – this was a, a staple of the Great Canadian Talk Show on Kick FM, and it's going to be a staple with, with City Circus TV and with these podcasts. Uh, this – idea that there's a perception of Winnipeg and the perception isn't fair. Well, it is fair. You know, one thing, Kenny, that nobody commented on was how, you know, the Forks is always an extension of downtown until it's inconvenient to mention. So when you have this kind of random violence, these stabbings, these beatings, these macings that are more typically found on Graham Avenue or Gary Street or Ellis Avenue, when they happen at the Forks, nobody wants to Relay the concept that these are the same class of criminal element, that it's part of the downtown problem, not just a Forks problem. I didn't see that mentioned anywhere. Yeah, when I worked downtown, we we patrolled downtown and we patrolled the Forks. It was like all the same. Like, you deal with the same people. From what Smythe was saying, not anymore. Well. Not to the police anyways. Well, not to the police. No, no, no. Um, okay. Um so we're going to line up more. I will line up more interviews uh, 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 and try to – this is going to be a surprise to Kenny. I'm going to try to do interviews around the midweek. What? Yeah, I know. And then we'll do our, <laughs> and then we'll do our podcast yeah. uh, on the weekends. I, I think you know, I think this is a formula we're going to try to make work. I mean, so far Kenny, it looks good. I, Kenny, I know there's something else I'm forgetting to – that I'm forgetting about. about. Let me just look. Chambers, Melissa Martin, the CJOB audio. Actually, so far, I think I got everything checked off pretty much here. I want to say this about Melissa Martin. Sure. My Twitter feed got so much better when I muted her. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of people that, listen, I think, and I'm no fan of hers and she's no fan of mine. I think her heart was in the right place because at the end of her column, she said to remain all these things, you know, a place where people can go and. You know, she added very flowery language. It cannot be a place of violence, but neither should it become more closed. You mean like the legislature, Melissa? You mean like City Hall? So I I see her point, but to counteract what's driven it to this stage, in my opinion, not that Melissa Martin should have said it or would know it. This goes back to the chief of police who since 2016 has sat back and has offered no comfort, no solace to the victims of crime and says there's nothing he can do to reduce it, let alone manage it. That's not acceptable, and that's why every mayoral candidate, every council candidate is going to have to say, on the record, do they support firing Danny Smythe? Yes or no? Like, like the Danny Smythe's position is it's not a new problem, so we don't need to worry about it because it's an old problem. And well, the, it's the still problem a problem. Got, a problem is the a problem. problem. Got five times worse while he was in the time that he became deputy chief in chief. But again, he's, he's not a crime. He's, he's so worried about offending the Hanny Fontaine or one of his other friends that he doesn't want to actually take charge of the issue. He doesn't want to be a leader. Well, maybe he wants to be a political leader. Who knows? Yeah, no one no one's the chief of police without wanting to be a leader. Like, that's not an easier role to get. Well... Leadership does not rest well on him. And I know that yeah, there's other things there with regards to his entirely strained relationship with the police union. Uh, uh, we can we can follow up on that in the weeks to come, I think. Uh, I look up at the clock on the wall. Uh, which, uh, Kenny, you're minutes. Too, Kenny, you're too young for Wayne and Schuster, aren't you? No, I love that stuff. I wish oh, CBC would release So that was that. their song at the end. The only thing we, well, I, that I, I want to bring I, up. I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to wish you one and all. But before we do. Just one question. Rogers customers out there. Yeah. I shared your grief. I shared your agony. I shared your frustration. I myself am not going to accept their one day credit from the email that was finally sent out by, I don't know if he's the chair, the chair of the board or if he's the president. What does it say here? Message from Rogers, president, CAO. What's his name? Tony (laughs) Staffieri, who calls me a valued customer, calls all of us valued customers. Uh, I want to share what we know about what happened on Friday. What we happened? narrowed the cause to a network system failure following a maintenance update in our core network, which caused some of our routers to malfunction. That literally so means that, nothing. 
Well, it does to me. And I, from the work that I've done with internet service providers, it's possible, but I think he's not telling the truth. <laughs> That's what As I mean. It doesn't CEO, mean anything. I take full responsibility for ensuring we at Rogers earn back your full trust. Now, as of yesterday, I still couldn't, my, the phone function was still wonky. Uh, have I, you ever full trusted Rogers? Yeah, I've had a great relationship with them. I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? I know I this is hard to believe, but for Shaw, for my internet and TV for 12 years now, I cannot complain about Shaw's services that I've received and how they've treated me as a customer. They've helped me through rough times, as has Rogers. However, uh, do I trust Rogers? Of course not. I see what goes on at the CRTC. So do I trust these companies? As a customer getting their services, yes, because it's been pretty good. I really don't have a lot of complaints overall in terms of regulatory stuff. No, of course not. Please. That's like two different companies, right? The They're regulatory gonna stuff. They're going to their root cause analysis and testing. Ooh. Well, they were almost one company, Kenny. That's why I mentioned that. Because this merger is for is is for cock now. There's no way that that any regulator is going to put that much that many users under one roof when no. the service go down like that. Something uh, has to get done. And now, what does he say? We will proactively credit your account for Friday's outage. Let me tell you something, Tony. Uh, that does not. What did he say here? Uh, that a bunch of I have his personal commitment. We will do better. Right. Uh, He'll we, do better. No, I don't want him to do better. I want his tech team to do better. Oh. I, you have my personal commitment. We will do better. He said, oh, that's what he hmm. wrote. We are, we, I'll take full responsibility for ensuring we earn back your full trust. You know what? A one day credit does not earn back my full trust, Tony. So your employees will be hearing from me on Monday. Jeez Louise. I wonder what would happen if there was like a tornado warning. Would you guys have gotten that alert? Great on point, your Kenny. No, I wouldn't have gotten. I, I, I. Well, okay, I might have because I have Shaw Wi-Fi. So I might. Yeah. Have, but if I'm See, out of the, the house, question. I had no data. If I'm out of the house, I could be across the street, you know, getting a hot dog. There's like a tornado warning. What on Saturday night? Saturday right? there's for the interlakes. A couple. So go go figure. Uh, so. Uh, We'll see what else comes out in terms of this Rogers downage, but the 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 the, the, the offer of one day is, um, you know, that's like if if you order a pizza from a chain of a chain of pizza places. I I'm not going to use any examples as a name because this can happen to anybody, having been in the around the pizza business plenty of my day, um, and you get a bad you know just a bad pie something you know the the dough wasn't right. Something is not right with the pie. And they say, well, you know, yeah, it's too bad. You know, we take full responsibility. Here's a free slice. Yeah, come and get it. <laughs> Do you have – not I, when I say you, I mean the audience, not Kenny necessarily. Do you folks have any idea? I'm sure you do. This affected vendors at the Folk Festival, one of which jerry-rigged MacGyvered a Wi-Fi, a hotspot, so that they could use their, their Interact and be able to actually, like – Take or food orders. Oh, that's good. That's smart. This screwed up fundraising for election candidates. It certainly did no me did us no good in trying to get the word out to generate uh, support through PayPal or other means for our election coverage. And this blew a weekend for a lot of people. Imagine somebody who's taking two weeks vacation at the end of the month, and Friday, uh, and they let's say they work as a I'll give you an example waitress in a restaurant, right? You know, yeah. like a Moxie's or, a, or an Earl's or something like that, or a keg. And they're counting on a big Friday. Actually, counting on a big Friday. Go ahead, count on a big Friday and a summer Saturday, Friday or Saturday. You get the idea. But they are counting on that revenue, on the, those earnings on that day. There are people that had to burn up vacation days because they couldn't work. They couldn't get their work done. During, during so, last year, so this so this actually cost them. Um, I'm just going to throw a number in the air: 150 dollars, 100. You know what? You know how much? You know, 15 an hour, 20 an hour times eight hours, whatever your rate of pay is. They had to burn a vacation day off because it couldn't work. So we're not going to let Rogers walk away that easily from the effect of their network failure. You know, this if they would have been better off saying they were hacked, Kenny. You know what? No, during our last year, when the phones were uh, changed, the time on the, every phone was changed by like an hour. 
was it an official time change or an unofficial time change? Like the everyone just woke up and their phones were like one hour late. You don't remember that? Oh last year? yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's because I wasn't that because they expected the phones to change time and they didn't change. But it wasn't even near any daily savings time. Oh, so it's a different thing. Okay, well. Look, it's understandable these things happen, but they're the ones that decided to upgrade their core network, blah, 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 blah. No, this cost for somebody who costs it. Let's say you've got a cab, a cab business or an, an, um, if you're an Uber driver, you know, one of those livery services. Good luck getting calls. Yeah. What are you going to do? Stay, park outside the bay and Eaton's like we used to have to to wait for people to walk up to spike a trip to go somewhere? You can't oh, even get Bell MTS. Everything works fine. Oh, OK. Well, there's that. Uh, I think that's enough for now, Kenny, unless you have something else to contribute. We've gone a little longer and I would have preferred, but uh, I think we've raised some important issues. Yeah. No, I think it's all good. Uh, so a reminder to you all, uh, besides our location here on Anchor.fm, and uh, we're now on Spotify. Uh, Wham, W-A-M dot live, uh, the City Circus tab. That's where you'll find our columns. My latest column uh, is uh, the subject that we've gone through in this podcast about police chief Danny Smythe, who feels safe at the forks. But then again, this is a guy who's got a gun. Uh, and you'll, by the way, when you read that column, you folks will love the pictures. Oh, it, that first picture is just outstanding. <laughs> yeah, the pictures are going to get some attention. And, and I'm going to be producing more columns. We're still a couple of weeks away from starting City Circus TV. I'm going to try to do a candidate interview this week. This may or may not surprise some of the people I'm about to call to ask to do an interview with me. I'll try to do on Tuesday so that I can we can get online. Your support is essential. I can't emphasize this enough. Share this podcast. Share our podcast with everybody you know who gives a damn about the city of Winnipeg. Share it with politicians you know and ask them, what do you think? What do you think of the points that were made? How do you respond to these questions? Share it with people who support citizen journalism, who support other outlets that are not mainstream, that go against the tide, that ask the questions that others shy away from, that hold Brian Bowman and other elected officials accountable. No one else is going to give the time of day to a lot of these candidates the way we will, the way we are prepared to. To sit with them for 20 or 25 minutes and let them explain who they are, what's important in their ward, why they're running and what they have to offer the city of Winnipeg and the future of the city of Winnipeg. We will have no future without a better present. The time for the present is now. Because if we keep going in this direction without fixing things right now, this city will turn into Detroit. Oh, man. We need so, that on, on my uh, YouTube channel happens. last on my YouTube channel last week. Uh, I did a story about this AI program that can predict crime a week out in advance, and it works well in all these uh, American cities. Maybe we should do something like that here. And Kenny, here send me a note bit. about that, and we'll pick up on that next week. Yeah, yeah. That's an ex. That's an excellent catch. And so uh, that's all for now. If you want to email me. Uh, uh, we bounce back and forth between email accounts, but this one's probably easier. Marty Gold Live at gmail.com. I like uh, that one. <laughs> it's it's you know what? It's it's not it's convenient for me because then if it's something that's something comes in that's for the shows, yeah. I have to like forward it to the other account. But that's folks, get a hold of me. Um sponsors, advertising, uh your monetary donations. If you don't like PayPal, Believe me, I'll come see you. <laughs> I'll bring you an ice cream cone from somewhere. We can enjoy an ice cream together. Uh, I will. I, we will. It's not unprecedented for us to go and meet with people that want to make donations and to accept those donations. You will get a receipt. I'm telling you all, you'll get a receipt. What about an so, autograph? And an Yeah. Well, strangely enough, the receipt is autographed by oh, me. Baby. We need your help to to get this. What was it? The line last week, Kenny. This is the gas that drives our engine. That, that's it. <laughs> that's it. This is the gas that drives our engine. We we need your support. Because have you seen the price of gas lately? Jeez. Well, not just that. Okay, it's not just that, but it, it's it's the truth. I want to be able to get around town. I want to be able to go to the scene of these events to meet with the candidates personally, go to their campaign offices. Uh, all of you out there that go, oh, that sounds really interesting. 
that's that that might be really valuable to get that kind of insight for people to say what they see. Yeah. And, well, for the rest of you that have jobs, occupations, responsibilities to prevent you from doing that, that's what we'll do. We'll do it on your behalf as honest brokers. We will ask your questions of these candidates. We will bring up the issues in your ward straight to their face, whether it's uh, in one-on-one interviews or in town halls. You're not going to get that from CKY, from CTV. You're not going to get it from Global. You're not going to get it from CJOB. You're not going to get it from CBC. God knows you're not going to get it from CBC. No. They aren't going to do it for you. We will. We have a track record. We've proven the value of independent citizen journalism and the coverage of civic elections. So we're looking, you know, at a long road here and your contributions are essential to the success of this reporting. And I know, I know that there are people out there that have supported us in the past. I'm asking you to do so again right now this week so that we can ramp this up get a head start and then just like in the past the mainstream media wakes up in september and says oh i guess people pay attention to the election and meanwhile we've already got thousands of people paying attention asking important questions and having more knowledge about the issues than the reporters in the newsrooms yeah people want to know people want to know and they're interested now more than ever now more than ever they're interested in the city uh, we will be back with another, for sure, another podcast next, uh, early next week. Uh, part of the regular series, I'll try to get an interview with some candidate or other this week. And remember, folks, on behalf of myself and Spirited Kenny, you have the power. Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to tgcts1 at gmail.com. Or follow him on Twitter at... TGCTS.